The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, Season 18, Episode number 16. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. Got Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, Brian Broaddus joining us today. Cowboys Break presented to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We are here at live at Training Camp 2022 in Oxnard, California. We got about 45 minutes of Cowboys talk with you guys today. Lots of uh, news that we'll get to here in a moment. Some injury news. Not great for the Cowboys, but we'll get to that in just a second. We'll also go through some practice notes, give you guys some ideas of what we're seeing out here at practice yesterday. The Cowboys have on their pads for the first time in training camp this year, so that's always exciting uh, when you start hearing the sounds of the pads. Uh, and then we got a few topics we're going to hit a little later in the show. Mike McCarthy talked last week about identity. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and we're also going to talk a little bit about their tight end, Dalton Schultz. His contract where it is, where we think it will go. We've got lots to talk about. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Good? Bien. Bien. Muy Good. Bien. Good, Brian? Yeah, awesome. muy bien. Yeah, anytime you get involved with uh, padded practices, you yeah. get a little bit better feel for how things might play out. And, yeah, the, the first 15 minutes of practice as far as the team stuff, man, I saw a worried look on Will McClay's face. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I was feeling for him standing over there. I know you and I were right there when yeah. James Washington got hurt. Then all of a sudden, Curse walks off the field, and you know Tyler Stewart is off the field. I mean, it, the first 15 minutes of practice must have been an absolute hell for uh, the for Will McClay. But you know, at least Curse came back on the field. But you get a little bit better feel now, at least with the pads on how things might work. Yeah, let's talk about James Washington, Nick. What are we hearing right now as far as his, uh, his injury status? He should be back in Dallas now, or he's headed back there. He's going back to get a surgery on his broken foot. That Jones fracture is what they're calling it. Could be six to ten weeks. We've seen six weeks before in receivers. We've seen ten weeks in a, a D-law. Uh, very similar type injuries, even though they're not. none of them are the same. And, you know, it's just one of those deals for, for, you know, bad break, literally, for the Cowboys and for a position that was already in question. I mean, two weeks ago, I was worried about this position, thinking maybe Gallup could come back before the first game and that James Washington would be pretty good. Neither one of them will be here now. And I think, I mean, I think you'd be scared to death of what's going on over there. I mean, they got to get a guy in here, I think. All right, let's start first with who's here. Like, there are a lot of young guys, and young guys that are actually taking reps with the first team, which by necessity they're going to have to. But talk about some of those young guys that are here and what you're seeing from them and the likelihood they may be able to step up and actually be able to provide what you need until you get some of these veterans back. I kind of feel like, yeah, you know, a lot lot – Early and I, I like what Nick just said there. By the way, these were things I know on our, on my own show on 105.3 The Fan that we were talking about positions that you worried about going into camp. Maybe a position that they would add a body to through a trade or something like that. Wide receiver was number one on my list. Linebacker was another one that I kind of looked at as a a possibility as well. 
But now a lot of pressure on Jalen Tolbert because all of a sudden Noah Brown has had a really nice camp start. And but Noah Brown, fifth, sixth receiver, all of a sudden he's like kind of pushed into the role of maybe the two or the three. So this puts on a lot of pressure on Jalen Tolbert. And if you want to be really honest, he's had some good days. But also, you know, I think Vasher is a one. TJ Vasher is a guy that's maybe shown up a little bit more when you start to talk about those young guys. So it is going to be about which one of those guys could step up. But to me, also, that plan of what are they going to do, you know, with Tony Pollard? Is Tony Pollard and Dalton Schultz going to be the combination that is together that makes up for maybe the lack of receivers on this team right now? You know, my concern is, although several of these younger guys have been showing signs of, like, good things. They've been performing and making some plays here on the field. An example is Basher, and he stood out as one of the bunch. But all that – and I want to give them, obviously, the benefit of the doubt, let them grow into their role, see how they do under pressure, and and see how they can grow and develop. But at the same time, looking at how last year went for the Cowboys in the second half of the year, they had all their guys healthy. They sure did. They had everybody in there, and sure they did. still struggled. So that's my main – or my biggest worry and fear is like, okay, yes, maybe the younger talent can – can grow into that role and step up in the time being for while you wait Michael Gallup to get back in the field. But can the offense as a whole, can Kellen Moore put everyone together when you compare it to last year when they had all their starters together? And the O-line should all hopefully help. But it should look a little different than what it was last year, and you hope it's better than last year. But just overall what you're asking out of this group of younger people and guys like Noah Brown he's he's been here for a while what is it fifth or what year is he on now Noah Brown is in his sixth year six six six. so it's been a long time and and at times he's the guy that okay he he's shown you something that gets you excited but then when the time comes it's just not enough or you know it's been kind of up and down nice practice player yeah yeah Yeah. it's been somewhat up and down in there so you hope like a a guy like him a vet guy like him can step up but at the same time are you willing or to rely everything on just that on just the guys that you have like i'm with you guys like there has to be another body that comes in here a veteran guy that can actually give you a little bit of peace you cannot enter the season just crossing your fingers and hoping that everything works out the way that you hope it to because it's I just I don't see it playing out very well Nick your thoughts on the young receivers I don't like them really Mm-mm. any <laughs> of them do you if let's say for example right now if the Cowboys had to go into the season of those young guys who do you think is the guy that could or would get the opportunity to kind of step into a role and, and really play a lot I don't know Dennis Houston maybe Houston I mean I I'm just not and I, I, you have to guard yourself on the fact that you know, obviously they're they're all young, and you would have never ever thought Tony Romo would be a franchise quarterback, you know, back in the day. So you, you know, these guys, Miles, Miles Austin, Austin too, yeah, Miles, I mean, Austin, Miles yeah. Austin. So you know, you just look at it like that. But um, Basher, Basher's best catch to me was yesterday, not the one-handed catch. He can do that in a sleep. He's, That's he's what he a basketball yeah. alley oop player. He he made one over the middle, um, where. You know, 
he may maybe he was going to get lit up, maybe not. But but that's the kind of but a route, an actual NFL route that he can do that kind of stuff and win. I think that that's important. But I still think I still think you have to go get a guy. I mean, a veteran, a guy that you know, you know, maybe a guy that's been in the Pro Bowl. I mean, there's guys out there. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is I started looking at some of the guys that are out there. They all got baggage. They all got their. They stuff. all got baggage. That's the reason why they're out there. But give me some names. Give me some people that are out there in free agency. Uh, that, that you guys would look at and say, you know, maybe this is worth the gamble for whatever baggage they have. This is worth the gamble for what the Cowboys need right now. I kind of feel like that, and I reached out to my gang of seven, which are those personnel directors, pro directors, general manager guys, two names that came up. Chester Rogers was a name that came up as a, a possibility. Uh, Going to be working out in Houston here soon. So maybe Houston might be a team that all of a sudden takes a guy out. Will Fuller is another name. Now, the problem with Will Fuller is he could practice two, three practices, and then as he's walking to the third practice, pull a (laughs) hamstring. So that's the issue that you're kind of running into now. I know I can't talk about possible trade names on here, so I won't do that. Uh, But, you know, there's some names that this gang of seven were throwing out there. That are legitimate guys, and, and but uh, you know if if the Cowboys have to go off the street, it seems like that Rodgers and Fuller are the two best names. But then think there are some trade guys possible as well. I, I would kick the tires on Emmanuel Sanders. I would. He's, He's out there. I think so. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I would definitely. Kick He's the a guy that T.Y. Uh, Hilton's another T. Y. name. Hilton. Yeah. But we've yeah. also learned about. Now we're getting into some names. And, 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 and we've learned this. Just kind of talked to some people in the organization. Mike McCarthy, and this is why you say, well, "What about Cole Beasley?" You know. But it was one of those things. I and I, I appreciate the look <laughs> you just. Oh, I didn't just give any look. Eyes. Yeah, no. But 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 it but it's one of the things where. Mike McCarthy doesn't want slot only yeah, body right. type. He doesn't fit. Bo- yeah, body type slot only. And so McCarthy talks in the podium about knowing all the positions. And I think that's important. So when you start to think about body types, think about players that if they're slot only, that maybe the Cowboys would shy away just because of the head coach. Yeah. Jason Garrett, the former administration, would probably be open to something like that. This administration, not so much. And especially more than one. Because I do think Turpin is a guy that they like as a returner. If he's going to get on the field, get to the games. If you're going to take him to the games, then you're probably going to use him in some way. And and that, you know, so I don't know how many of those guys you need. Yeah. I know, is it is Humphreys out there, Adam Humphreys? He is. That's he is. another player kind of like that. Yeah. He played for the Bucks and right. Titans. Yeah. See, there's the, you, you, you're kind of you're limiting yourself. Even though you need names, you need bodies, you need players, and these are good players. I mean, Adam, yeah. good player, Ty Hilton, good player. good player. But all of a sudden, then when a coach in his mind, and that's the that's the thing about it is when you look at these players, the reason why you have a guy like Curse here is because George Edwards had a vision for the player and what he was. Will Will is McClay is not going to bring somebody in here that these coaches don't want to coach. Now, a coach might say, is that all the names? <laughs> you know, is that all the names? And then all of a sudden, then it turns into, well, hey, we have to go get Adam Humphrey. We have to go get somebody. Well, that's like what it. I was going to ask. Yeah. How, how it, bad does it need to get exactly. to where yeah. you get to the point where, okay, you decide to do something that you're not necessarily used to doing or want to we do. We might be close to. to that point. Yeah. We might be close to like, hey, I have this fundamental block in my head 
that I'm living with every day. But I understand where we're at. We need to go get a guy. Yeah, that's it's, where I, they might I mean, be pretty. Mohamed Sanu out there. He uh, just signed with the Dolphins. Well, okay, they just yeah. got everybody. Don't yeah, they? yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm. I'm but the Dolphins got a guy you could trade for again. Keep in mind on that one. Well, they're, they're, Any, and that's anybody the that we've seen here before. Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> I know where you're going there. Um, no, I mean, of all those names y'all just threw out, oh, like Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that interests me, I guess, the most out yeah. of all those names because he is a highly productive veteran-wide receiver that you can play everywhere. I've seen him in the slot. I've seen him outside. Uh, you know he knows what he's doing. He'll be able to figure it out. Like, I, I, that's a guy that really intrigues me. I don't know what his injury status is. I don't know if he's coming off an injury or anything like that. I don't that. know either. I think but, his status is his age. Yeah, and, and yeah. by the way, that's, that's something you have to deal with when you get to this stage. Sure. Like, at this stage, you're just like, give me somebody productive that I, I can bring in that can learn quickly because you want him to play week one, two, three so you get some of these guys back. I understand the term, obviously, progress stopper, and there are some situations where I think you, you bring a guy into a position – and they're stopping progress of the younger guys. I just don't think there's anybody on this list that you say, man, I don't want this guy coming in and taking reps from this guy or this guy or this guy. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. They had it all summer. And, I, I mean, Dennis Houston looks pretty good, you know. Um, Fajoko, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, had a nice catch off a tip ball yesterday, yeah, but he hasn't shown up. I mean, I thought Sami Fajoko was going to come in here and really light things up. Yeah, he's been okay, not to the point where I'm like, uh-huh. you know, maybe, maybe this is your answer there. I'll, I'll say this though, Robert Prince being uh, the new receivers coach, this is why a guy like Will Fuller might make some sense for the Cowboys. Coaches, I mentioned that coaches, if they've been with guys, mm-hmm. will say, I could coach this guy. I know this guy. And, and that's where I, I think, like, if they're going to go get a guy, and even though I, I just really just kind of just blah all over, over uh, Fuller because of the injury history, it's that familiarity. It's yeah. just if we could just bridge this thing. But the problem is you're bringing in a hurt guy for a hurt guy. Yeah. And what all of a sudden then Fuller gets hurt, and now you're back to that what the hell are we doing mode, right. you know? That was the reason why I like a guy like Emmanuel Sanders because he seems like a pretty reliable guy. Like he seems – I don't remember there being a lot of injuries in his past. Like he yeah. seems like he's a guy that just kind of shows up in whatever team, he, team he's on. He just tends to make some plays for him. And well, I, I like that kind of guy for this kind of situation. T.O.? Yeah. Well, you know, that's the funny thing. The fans started throwing out all kinds of names. You know, they're throwing out those two. They throw out, you know, OBJ. They throw out Antonio Brown. Like, these guys are all sitting out there just kind of waiting to see if they'll get an opportunity. And I just don't think the Cowboys would go that route because then you start talking about somebody that really is or really could be progress stopper, locker room cancer, whatever you want to call it. It probably ain't going to be great. Beckham is not going to be ready till November. Right. So that, you know, you're so already, not helping you. you're already getting back Gallup and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, week two. I, I reached out while we were all busy there. I reached out to a couple of guys there about Sanders. Maybe they can give us a little scouting report on why uh, he's not in the league right now. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we do have another injury concern we had to talk about, Matt. Well, let's go. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Back to the break. You need to get some Essler lenses so you can watch every exciting play. Book an appointment for your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. We are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is also brought to you by blockchain.com. So let's talk back. Uh, we got some injuries uh, that we got to continue to talk about. We've talked a little bit about James Washington. Let's talk about Matt Willetsko, uh mm-hmm. offensive tackle. What's his status right now of that, that shoulder injury? Well, um, he's not going to do anything this week, and it's still early in the week, I think, um, Tuesday. Um, so that's, you know, obviously that's a situation that's a, you know, the shoulder. Um, it's been bothering him, I guess, from since college. Brian, yes. you had said that. And, yeah. And so, you know, for him, they're not going to rush anything back. And it sounded like surgery is more when it's going to happen instead of if they're going to they're going to see. But it sounds what does like, that look like? If 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 let's assume he has to have surgery sometime here in the next few weeks, is that an injury that you get a surgery, you're back two weeks from that? Is that an injury you get a surgery, you're back eight weeks? Like, what does that look like? Do you know? Well, it's a subluxation. So Never what they're trying that. to do is they're trying to tighten, stabilize the, sho- it, yeah. stabilize the shoulder, like Nick was talking about. In college, he had that problem where it was popping in and out. So. Uh, you know, you can, you can, if you didn't do the surgery, you could try and harness it, play through it, those types of things. I think that's the longer end on that. You know, I mean, it's not one of those things you come back in, you know, no. two to three weeks. This is a four to six, maybe even longer, because what you have to do is you have to, once you tighten it, you have to strengthen it. You know, th- this is a long term thing. Very fortunate for the Cowboys, though, that uh, Josh Ball is playing pretty well. 
from what I've seen uh, through the through the uh, helmets and T-shirt practices and now into the first padded practice, I felt like he did a pretty good job yesterday. So at least it's not both young tackles, one out and one struggling badly. Uh, at least it's it's, yeah. it's good for the ball camp right now. Yeah, ball, what I like about him is that he does play big. He's 6'8", plays that way. These these shorter defensive ends that the Cowboys are, are throwing out there, not named Micah Parsons, but the other ones that are kind of shorter, like he, he uses his length and leverage on them. Um, same way like Mark Colombo used to do, right. you know, Tyron Smith. I mean, so you play, you know, you are big, play big. And I, and we're seeing that so far uh, out of him. But back to well, well, let's go. I, I I just feel like, and I don't know this exactly, but I feel like he's probably going to go to IR. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I think. And I don't think he'll be back. Yeah. This How year. comfortable are you guys that I know you like what you're seeing from ball right now. How comfortable with you are you with that? going into the season with him being your swing tackle, or do you think – More comfortable than like receiver. You're more comfortable receiver than you are offensive tackle. No, no, I'm more comfortable tackle than receiver, which okay. is saying That's nothing. Because yeah. <laughs> of all those receivers we just named, yeah. I was like, how do I get two of them? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm serious. I'm it's funny you mentioned receivers because I just got a text back from one of my guys in the league, and, and it's about Sanders, and he said he really fell off at the end of last season, began the season well – was considering retirement earlier this offseason, so I wouldn't be hesitant to sign him. So it's the old Bill Parcells line. Well, but that's also one of those things where I look at that and I'm like, all right, well, if you, Maybe if you can give five, me like five weeks, you know, yeah. I, I don't need a full 17 <laughs> yeah. game season. Yeah. Give me five weeks, yeah. and uh, if I can get you good five weeks, then then we're good. You yeah. Know? Well, it's you know, I'm sure that you can get him to, to you know to to play for the for play for the team there and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's always interesting these guys that you know maybe maybe you can maybe you coax him and then all yeah. of a sudden you do you get some production but I think it's funny what Nick was talking about with the tackle situation that might be a spot but these these teams don't put offensive linemen out on you know when it's final cut yeah. defensive linemen offensive linemen those guys are hard to find so if you're going to go get one of those guys you probably have to trade for one of those guys if that's the case or just try and hope for the best. Your claiming spot is not particularly good this year mm-hmm. for where you finished in the season, so you might be a little bit of a bind there as well. All right. Um, let's get into some practice notes. I'm hiding all my frustration right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, real, Don't hide it. Put it out quick, there. Let's go. Real quick. What, what are we looking like in terms of compensatory picks for next year potentially? Because – Connor Williams, Connor Williams, Cedric Wilson, yep, Randy, Randy, mm-hmm. exactly, yep. Anyone else that is unrestricted free agent? Not Amari, obviously, but like, I'm just wondering because you can move those picks. You can move those yeah. picks, and it's also good to know how many extra picks you might have because when you're thinking about trading right, right. now, you're like, how many? Yeah, depending on, like I said, you could probably look at somewhere. I would think it'd be a stretch for a three somewhere on those guys. But you're probably looking somewhere in that four and six range on this, depending on how they, yeah. with the money and yeah, how, how they, they play as Maybe well. Maybe three picks. Maybe three picks there. Yeah. Yep. I'd be interested. I mean, that's interesting to know when you're like, all right, well, yeah. I need a tackle. I need a receiver. Yeah. You know, you don't just have to go with the guys that are out there. You can go with, you know, guys. That go ahead, are, moving on from your own pick to yeah. try and, and those, make that happen. And those kind of picks aren't like they're. That's good 
bait for a trade at this time oh. of the year. You're oh, talking yes. fourth, fifth round, sixth oh, yeah. round. Scouts, you can get scouts love. Yeah. Scouts love. I mean, give, give me picks. Give me picks. Give me picks. You know, yeah. Take my player. I don't care. You know, there would be guys. take Amari Cooper. I don't care. I'll take your fifth. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that right. would never happen. Amari <laughs> 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 Cooper fifth round. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, what are you doing? Maybe, anyway. maybe you could. What the? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, we've got to get a visitor. We've been having a visitor all Oregon morning. Duck. Yeah. Beam's over here feeding him. Or her, actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into some practice notes. Right. Um, tell me a little bit about what you saw yesterday. Obviously, the Cowboys are in pads for the first time. Brian, you kind of prefaced that, you know, that first little bit. You're always a little nervous when guys start hitting because, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be some injuries as part of it. But uh, what did you guys see? Give me, I want everybody to give me at least one observation from yesterday's uh, padded practice. Let's start with you, Amber. Well, yesterday I kept my eyes a lot on the O-line and just those guys in general at every position. And I know it's early and a lot of people that listen to this show might think that I'm a pessimist all the time. But the, no. no, I am no. not. I just talk, I just speak on what I see. The point is that watching them and I, I want to have hope and and hope that it turns out okay and that these guys are going to get it together and it's going to work out great. They're going to be able to run the ball, pass the ball and everything like that, protect that and all that. But yesterday, just what I saw in general, the parts of it just, it wasn't anything that excited me. You talk about those guys stepping up. What is it that you say, Nick? Getting off the bus or whatever, well, yeah. guys? Yeah. It, and, and these are big get guys. Get off the bus guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and we all know these are... team will get off the bus guys. Yes, they yeah. do. But we know these are big guys, but including Tyron Smith, and again, I love Tyron, but just in general, these guys weren't giving me that, like, let's freaking go. You know, like, let's go, let's get to game one. It wasn't to that level ju- just yet. And what I was saying earlier, and I was talking to uh, with Brian right before the show, in general, my frustration comes from the fact that we went through the season, we get to the off season, we go through free agency, we go through the draft, we know the needs that the Cowboys have. We know the all the question marks and ter- certain different positions, yet we're sitting here a few weeks before getting to the first game of the season, and we still have all this doubt, and we still have all these problems that we don't have answers to just yet. And it's like, how do we get through a whole off season without getting to this point where we feel confident in general, where we feel like, okay, let's just get – through practice let's see what these young guys get. let's get that excitement of just watching young guys just watching these guys merge together and blend with the veteran guys but it's not we have so many question marks right now and that's why i get very frustrated because time came and went and here we are and anyways getting back to the practice that that was that was one thing the o-line but i will say this I keep watching Noah Brown, and he's a guy that has yeah. stood out in practice since the beginning. Um, and it's pretty impressive because we often hear so many criticism about him. Yeah. Not on this show. I think that even Dave, he's a guy that has always defended him and all that. But it, it's good to see guys like that in the secondary especially stand out. And I know it's training camp, and sometimes we get a little – you know, if we see something that's not necessarily the reality once the, the season starts. But so far, I feel pretty excited about what I'm seeing in the secondary in general from this defense. All right. I'll tell you what. I like that. I like what you did. Uh, I'll say this. 
Secondary made it hard for Dak Prescott to throw yesterday. But Dak Prescott completed some really nice passes. And, uh, you know, the routes were well covered. And I've been looking for where's the tight window throws? Where's the when the when the defender's in good position and the ball placement's where it needs to be? He ripped a couple of throws yesterday that I was like going, oh. And then, you know, it was like that. Boy, he got away with it. But mm-hmm. they talk about the arm strength, the ability to drive the football, velocity on mm-hmm. it. And they didn't make it. The secondary hasn't made it easy on this receivers, nor the quarterback. And to Ambar's point, I felt like yesterday the Cowboys' offensive line run blocking was better than their pass blocking. It felt like that, that where there was able to, a couple of different times they were able to get the ball on the edge or get the ball inside, where there was a little bit more Dax having to stand and kind of like, Someone's there, but he's going to throw the ball. What so, happened yesterday? Yeah. What what uh, what personnel change was different on that offensive line? They, they took they took Tyler Smith and yep. put him at, at left guard really mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, is what they did. And did you see the play? Actually, Schultz had a good block too at a point of attack as a tight end yeah. over there as well. Speaking so. of Amber's, give me a, a let's go moment. Tyler Smith against Tristan Hill. That was yeah. a let's go kind of moment yeah. when he dumped him and dumped him pretty good. And it was one of those situations where. You could tell it was all brute strength yeah. because it wasn't like Tristan got caught high. He came out low, well, and Tristan just kind of basically lifted him up and was like, "Sit down, young man." And <laughs> it was a. And I was like, "This guy's got some power." On our show, mm-hmm. we've interviewed a couple of different defensive players. We've had Parsons. We had uh, Dorrance Armstrong, and Armstrong said, "When that guy gets his hands on you, mm-hmm. you're not getting away from him." I mean, he's got the strong hands, but. Uh, yeah, it's good to see him. They've, they've finally said, let's just play him. Let's see what happens, and let's go that way. But, yeah, my, my observation, Dak, tight window throws, did some good yesterday. Yeah, it was interesting. Mike McCarthy said yesterday in his press conference, he said, you know, we're actually going to try to stick with him at guard because this was the interesting part. He said, uh, I think he, he will be his, – his versatility will come if he has a really good foundation, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah. I've always thought the Cowboys will – throw too much at the young guys and not give them an opportunity to really get a foundation. So I like that they're doing this. Nick, what were your observations from yesterday? I'm good. <laughs> no, you're not. Give me an observation. Well, I mean, honestly, my evaluation just kind of got, like, picked up and dumped to the ground because, I'm honestly, sorry. what my I was bad. thinking, <laughs> I didn't see that play. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen Tristan Hill cause problems. No, Tristan Hill's had a – he actually has yeah. – yeah, he's had a good he's camp. Oh, no, there's been yeah. some good the, – the, Yeah, he definitely the, has. The Even yesterday had, had some good plays. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see – But Tyler got him that one play. That, but <laughs> he got him that one play. Um, Put it is, this way, it he, didn't, play, he didn't take yeah, it over it somebody's foot. Sometimes you get pinned if you trip on somebody. This was a straight forklift and then dump. It was a great play. I think I think Tristan Hill, though, his like his ability to get up the field – Yes is probably as good as any other tackle. Now, that isn't always a good thing because if you keep doing that all mm. the time, it will run behind you. Yeah. Dwight Freeney's not in the Hall of Fame because of his run-stopping ability. Okay, it was get up the field, and then, then a lot of times they'd gash him. Yeah. And you got to be careful with that. But I do like the way he gets off the ball quick. And I, have, I think he's got a serious mindset to him this year. You know, there's been some immature um, moments from him. There's been some talk about – him growing up, and I think, you know, we'll see. I mean, how it all plays out, but I think he's got his head down, he's focused, 
He's getting up the field. I, I like what I've seen so far when he's not going up against Tyler Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and he's had some. By the way, he's had some good plays against Tyler Smith. I've seen him do some good things yeah. against yeah. Tyler Smith too. He's well, got a Tyler good Smith, so far. If Tyler Smith struggles, it's with quickness, and that's to next yeah. point. Yeah. It's a guy like uh, it's like Osa with the spin or with with the hill attacking the shoulder and then you know swimming by him before he has I, a chance. I to I feel adjust. like the defensive tackle has, you know, Aaron Donald here. It's just in six different players. You know, I think I think that there's a strength of this guy. There's the speed of this guy. There's the experience here. This guy maybe wears 99. I don't know. But, I mean, like, there's a, you can come up with – they're just not – they're just in spread across different players. But that's what's going to make a tough cut because where do they go? Do they go with, you know, the experience? Do they go with size? Do they go with bulk? I mean, you know, you – Maybe that's the position to get you a receiver at the end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe that's like the surplus of defensive tackle – yeah. You say, okay, we're going to flop you for one of our young, for one of your young receiver types, maybe. We'll see. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back. We'll get into a little more talk of uh, training camp practice. We're live from Oxnard, California. This is the break. Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone wants something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back to the break. Are you a Cowboy fan who spices up the game? Nominate yourself or others to be the Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the year. And if you work here, you won't be able to be Why? eligible. Why? I'm just saying because you work here, that you really want like a real fan. So some of our guys on our team won't be able to be eligible. But I think there's a lot of great fans out fans there. We got fans on our we team. We do. We got a lot of good fans out here. We do. Though. So we I bet you there's somebody from, maybe from Oxnard. Maybe we could nominate. Go find us one, Amber. 
Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. We're talking Cowboys football here with you guys. We got about 15, 20 more minutes here. Uh, we'll get into a few more topics. Let's uh, let's let's move on. I actually I had saved this topic from last week during the opening press conference. I wanted to get to it. I never found a good time, but I think we can right now. Mike McCarthy said something very interesting to me about this team's identity, mm. um, and that, that's a topic that I know Nick, you and I, for years talked about this team because there were fans that will always talk about well this team doesn't have an identity this team doesn't have an identity and I'm like how important is an identity but it was interesting that he was talking about it. and his quote was every year you set out to recreate who you are as a football team and he said his desire for the identity of this team was for them to be disciplined have grit and fundamentally sound my question for you guys is if you had to figure out what their what their identity was last year what would you say was the identity of this team last year? They weren't finishers. They weren't finishers because you look at, you know, through eight weeks of the season, whether it was injury, offensive line play, scheme problems, whatever you want. I mean, this team started off after the Tampa Bay loss. It started on a good run. I mean, you had a quarterback that was right there with Kyler Murray as the MVP candidate. I would say this team, you know, despite the 12 wins, you're very fortunate you played in a division that wasn't as good. I think the division overall is going to be better this year. But I would say the identity of this team was they just didn't finish. You know, they didn't. It with, with the, they, they started off well enough to have an outstanding season to maybe get the first or second seed and then, and then to, to push for, you know, bigger things. But to get to where they were and then have it kind of all fall apart, like last eight to ten games and then go into playoffs and then kind of get beat up a little bit, that was the thing. It wasn't the toughness aspect or anything like that with me. It was like they just could not. Once they met adversity, it just really just took them in a whole nother direction. And I mean the adversity of the Denver yeah. game with the scheme and things like that I, they had to deal with. I have a hard time saying that about the, the actual word finish just because of how they performed in fourth quarters of games. Mm-hmm. They did dominate the fourth quarter a lot of times that they, they outscored their opponent maybe about 150 points so there were some games where in the fourth quarter they did take over in the games but overall in the season it's kind of what i think brian's talking yeah. about more about how you hit adversity there and it was a roller coaster type season um it was it's tough to, to be it's tough to put your finger on but i know this they went into the draft and i think wherever they are on character or or you know any off the field issues, they still evaluated it and they still put it into you know consideration. But they wanted toughness. They wanted big players, mean players. Did you see how many players were listed at five, eleven, or hmm. none? Hmm. No, not one draft pick that they got was under six foot tall. They got big guys. They got some mean guys, tough guys. I think that was the identity. I think they felt like they got their ass kicked against the 49ers, which that's what they do. They didn't have enough bullies. And 49ers do that. There's not a lot of teams that play that way. But they've ran into them, yeah. and they got they got their ass kicked. Yeah. Amber? I think they – I mean, they just got a little too comfortable. I mean, they they got the season started, and I'm home watching this team. I'm like, oh, my God. I am missing this amazing season. Like, everything – something that I – in my time working here for the Cowboys I had not seen is the way they were overcoming adversity. Things could go wrong. They could have a guy missing, and they still figure it out. Made it happen. We're winning games and all that. And I think that 
there was a, a certain time right there when I got back, and no, they did not start losing games because I came back. Okay, <laughs> some people Just are like to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think there was a. Uh, a little break there where they just seem I'm not going to say the word cocky because it wasn't cocky but it, it was like they were just too comf confident or comfortable with where they were and that it, then they let their guard down a little bit because here we are we're doing this and we made it happen we win games and then all of a sudden you get slapped in the face when you're not expecting it and then you're like oh crap okay reality hits and then now you're trying to figure out how to piece everything together back up and I don't know. I hope that this year they're able to take everything that went well and then fix the things that didn't go well from last year. And overall, I think that as a team, they do have something special because we saw it last year, I think, that everyone was just clicking. There wasn't any really any drama. The coaching staff, the players, yep. all the groups, everyone was getting al along, you know, the receiver. I mean, well... <laughs> Turns out there was some drama there, but um, just in, all in all, I, I like the vibe of, of the team as a whole. I like where they're headed, but I just hope that they can turn it around for this year. Would it be, would it be, I, I cause the, the question I have about is the, when I mentioned the finished part of it though, it's amazing to me that they had so, so much success in the first half of the season and then it was one scheme change, one game that really put them into a weird state where, you know, we were talking about, I know on our shows, we're talking about Kellen Moore. I mean, everybody was praising Kellen Moore, the play caller. And Dan Quinn was working his magic, you know, and all that. And then this that one game, it's like from that point on, the season just took, and it was like, do these guys know what they're doing? You know, that's, I mean, do you, can you, you know, coaches, you, you kind of figure out ways to, like, if things are going bad, to, okay, we got to go this way. we got to go this way. And I never felt like that Mike McCarthy, the offensive-minded coach, stepped in and maybe helped his coordinator who was struggling a little bit. Yeah. You know, Mike's like, ah, you know, I, I miss calling plays, but I really don't want to call plays kind of a thing. So, I, to me, that's the, that's the things that I, I just, it, it just seemed like the word comfortable is very, is very I think it works because it's like oh we'll be okay we'll be okay we'll be okay then you got in the playoffs and you weren't okay you yeah. know and, and I I the games you talk about I mean they they smashed the commanders late in the year on you know that kind of thing and then they 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 smashed the JB team at the Eagles but the Arizona game was a bad game they had some bad games in that second half that gave you that that feeling that man they're not doing anything to get them out of this this rut that they were in. Yeah, that was, if I had one area of the team that bothered me the most about last year, it was, I felt like offensively they hit that brick wall, and I felt like no one, answers. Of, the reasons, one of the reasons why yeah. you had this head coach, in my opinion, yeah. was because of his experience, right. his experience on the offensive side of the ball. And so I was thinking, okay, you've got all this experience. you got him, you got Nuss. They should all be able to come together and figure out how to get over these problems that they're having offensively and they couldn't and and I'm like you know I'm just I'm just wondering like how is it that the head coach has that much experience on offense how could they not figure out all that brain power they got there on the offensive side of the ball how could they not figure out how to get past all these problems that 
was it really like I heard you yeah. say? Like, did the cover two bother them that much? Like, it's not like they were doing something See, that was hardcore rocket yeah, science. It, it's it uh, was not to- agreeing with any of this. Really, none. I'm, I'm seriously. I'm not, what are your thoughts? I, my thoughts are that, that they lost to some really they lost to some good teams. This was a good football team last year. They weren't great. They weren't great. They got beat by playoff teams. Other yeah. than Denver, Denver that was a weird game. Everybody else was a playoff team, and they beat them. They just weren't as good, and I get that. That's what we're here. They're trying to get better. This team averaged 40 points a game against the NFC East, which is a bad division. Right. But 40 points a game? The struggling offensive coordinator got two 50-point games in December. I don't care who you're playing. You score a 50-burger on somebody in December and January, you're not, you're not that bad. No, and I, so, but, I, but guess, like, I guess we got to put it in context. Plan? I guess yeah. we got to put it in context. I'm not saying they were the worst offense in the league because I think that obviously because they were stated. they were considered they the were best. one of the best. Yeah. Right. My, my issue was that against even against good defenses, you should be able to do so. If they could have gotten any morsel of offense in Kansas City, they win that game. Yeah. Like that. Those are the kind of games where I'm like, you needed to have. You needed to have a better game plan. You should have been able to come up with more than what you were able to come up with in that game, in the in the game, in the playoff game against San Francisco. There were just playoff games where game. the offense, the, the offense Chiefs. just didn't. Yeah, not the Chiefs game. I mean, the, the Chiefs game, you got very good reasons of why your offense didn't do anything. But the, what, what what are those? Your two starting receivers weren't in the, on the field. Okay. I mean, that's why I'm saying like Cedric yeah. Wilson they, is not a Noah Brown. That's why that's why we're all worried because when they don't have good receivers, they don't score touchdowns. Yeah, and we also saw games where they weren't utilizing their good receivers the proper way. They weren't getting the balls in their hands. So it goes both ways. I don't think it's just one way or the other. It's kind of both. And you saw it from Kellen Moore. 49ers game's a problem. I mean, there's no doubt that Absolute was a problem. problem. But I don't put the Chiefs game as a as a problem there and and even the Raiders game because you're playing without your your two stars. I will tell you this in the Kansas City game they couldn't really do much anything it wasn't just the passing game the running game wasn't doing much either so uh, all I'm saying is they should have been able to figure out more than they were able to figure out in some of those games in the second half of the season particularly when they were playing good teams because they are a good team Mm -hmm. and if you're among the good teams but among the good teams you can't seem to figure it out that's a problem yeah, that is that's a problem. Wild. There's no doubt. There's a problem that they they were a good team that couldn't get over the hump, and that's why they went one round deep in the playoffs. And their schedule early in the season showed them that, that they were beating some of these good teams. They were probably more of a middle of the pack team, right. and like Brian said, they got took advantage of a really of a bad division. Yeah, bad but schedule. but I don't think schedule. that the offense <laughs> is at the point where it was absolutely panic button because I mean, what happened? What happened? I mean, they were still scoring points, and they were. They'll dominate you if you don't put out good talent. See, that's you. always that's always the fear of, of doing podcasts is we are talking about it from perspective of where they got to get better, and I think the it can it could really paint it as I'm saying they were horrible. That's not what no, I'm saying. I know. I and yeah, yeah, it's not saying they were horrible. It's saying this is an area where they should have been better. And in the second half of the year, we saw some clear warts. Like there were some games where they should have been able to do more on offense, and they just absolutely could not. And that's the part that's alarming to me, and especially alarming to me because I expected the offense—I expected the offensive coordinator had some help with the head coach to be able to step in, and between the two of them, they could figure out pretty much any defense in the league. They should have, because they certainly got the personnel. Right. I think they just yeah. couldn't figure it out. And th- that's the frustrating part: is that when you look at the talent, you, because you you saw it, you know the talent that you have, you know these are talented players, and you know you had health, especially at the end of the year. And then you don't see it going further than where you got. That's where it's just like, what are we doing? It's, that's where 
at least for me, the biggest frustration comes from because you know they can do it, you see it, and you know they, they are capable, but it just doesn't happen. It was just completely bland. You know, that actually makes me think about something. I look at that at the 49ers team, and, you know, we're, we're talking about wide receivers early in the show, and we're like, man, it's going to be tough. You only got, you only got CD. San Francisco has one really great receiver. They got some good receivers. Don't get me wrong. They got a lot of good young receivers. But they only got one great receiver. And they seem to make it work. Why is it that we feel like in Dallas they need to have more than just CD uh, in order to make this thing go? Where there, they got one, again, one great receiver. And then they got a lot of young guys that they're just kind of bringing along. And they're making some plays for them here and there. Why do we feel like you need more than that? University of Oklahoma ran the wishbone in the 80s. They never had any receivers other than maybe a tight end, you know. <laughs> Nick, 49ers are built. Stop it. The 49ers are built differently. They run the, the ball differently. True. They, 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 they play a different offense. That's what I'm saying. They focus more on the running game. I think Shanahan does I mean, you could say the same thing about Green Bay last year. Green Bay had one great receiver, and they had a bunch of guys. I mean, there are other teams that are like yeah. that that have Seems one like great Green receiver. Bay's got something else I going know, for them. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> you can point to all those things. But, but you can also point to this team and say they got a really great defense. If, I think this defense is a really if, good defense. If the, if the offensive line blocks the way the 49ers offensive line did, if they've got some bullies up there, if they have a fullback that is versatile that can do all these things. See, and, why you got to go to fullback? No, I'm just saying if they can run the ball like that, all you need is CD, and then we'll we'll make it work here. You know, are we are we not maybe focusing on great tight end too? How bad? The, okay, the, the we talk about the offense and what they were capable of in that second half, but we're, are we glossing over the fact of how penalized they were? It always That's seemed like it always seemed like to me when there was something positive along the way happening, penalty, sack. You know, Dak took a lot of sacks nearer at the line of scrimmage. You know, so to me. That's when I felt like the offense struggled the most. It's like they'd have a positive play, another positive play, and then they get a holding call. Then they get set back, and then all of a sudden they, they, don't, they have an incompletion. Then they have a sack. Then there's a punt. So it never seemed like that there was in the second half there was any real rhythm to the offense. Even though you got points and all that, the, the inability to run the football, I think, no really hurt them in the second half. And you could say what you want because people were telling me over there like, no, no. Zeke's okay. Zeke's okay. And I kept saying that. Zeke's okay. You know, but the creativity to try and run the football to, like, help Dak or to, like, prevent the penalties, you know, maybe that's where I was, you know, I, I look at the offense. Yeah, there were some really positive things about it, but it seemed like at the worst times in that second half of the season, stuff would happen to take big plays away. And maybe that's maybe it's not the identity was the undisciplined part. Maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't about the coordinator or anything else. It was just about this was one of the most undisciplined teams, especially on offense, playing in the league. And they lost the Raider game because their defense was undisciplined in you know with the pass interference stuff. All right, how so do you? I mean, how do you get to the point where you fix that? Because this is it wasn't just last year. This is something they've been struggling with the past few years as far as penalties and all yeah. that. So how do you, like, what can you do other than going out here, teaching the baby, oh, make sure you place your hands here or yeah. do this? and Like, what other thing They have is officials there? that practice every day. Even when we're at the Star Watch and practice the 15 or 20 minutes of this watch, they've got officials there working yeah. on that. It's one of those things they talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Oh, we've got to be better on penalties. And then they never are. Every team talks about being better on penalties. 
and they're really not. And there's some teams that don't get penalized because their teams, you know, they, you're, like you're saying, Amber, they're in good blocking position. They don't, they don't get defensive holding. You know, they know how to play the game. And they, they, with, with McCarthy, I kind of feel like with him, it's a little bit of lip service right now. We've got to be better discipline. We've got to be better discipline. Heck, they had a running play out here today, it was, uh, the other, yesterday, and it was Schultz, Smith, and Smith, and the holding penalty got called on the left side of the line. You see the official throw the flag and say, uh, tackle here was holding here, you know. I mean, that's, that's a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame tackle getting a holding call in practice. They're trying to point those things out. But if it's happened in practice, it's surely going to happen in the game as well. Well, real quick before we end the show, I would like you guys to think about it from the standpoint of knowing what you know about this personnel um, and what you think they can be at their very best. What do you think would be the identity of this year's team Again, assuming they have success, what does that identity look like? How would they do it? What is the identity of this team in order for them to get there? Are you asking, I'm sorry, what is the identity that they need to or, get yes, there? Yes, so assuming, knowing what you know of this team. So okay. you could look at this team and say they're going to have to be a defensive-minded yeah. team that's tough. Like, What are the things get, that, okay. knowing what you know about the team, What's doable that you think can have success for them as an identity? I don't know if this is doable because it hasn't been done in five years, yep. but if Ty- Tyron Smith is healthy enough to play, and I mean, you know, I need 15 yeah. games. Yeah. If he can play at, at that level and play, I think that's going to be a huge thing. And then I think Micah Parsons, this is not a stretch, really. I think Micah Parsons has to be the best player, um, the best the defensive player in the league. Mm. And I, I think he's right awesome. there. Just be better than a couple more guys. Well, I mean, Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald. Yeah, That's going to be tough. But if he can be the best player on the field just about every single game and play that way and just take over games, then, yeah, I think – I mean, I think this offense, what we saw last year, can be good enough to – if the defense is playing like that. Mm-hmm. So if it's a defensive-minded team led by Micah Parsons, that's what I think. Yeah, I think Nick's on to something right there. They're gonna this defense early, especially until they have to figure out the wide receiver stuff. Yeah. And then the ability to adjust. You know, Dan Quinn and that defensive staff does a great job of putting their players in position to have success. I need the same thing on the offensive side of the ball as well. If it means Pollard, whoever whoever's playing wide receiver, Tolbert, get them involved, but find a way to to make sure that the guys that you have on that offense are making plays, and they're not just wasting those opportunities. The discipline part I worry about, but if it's about the ability to put those guys in position. Be that staff that's able to do that on both sides of the ball. I mean, pretty much agree with – I don't really have much to add to that other than you're going to have to rely on your defense to be able to keep going, keep doing what they were doing last year, if not even better. This year, right now, the offense, I'm having a hard time at this point today visualizing how that's going to look as a whole. I feel like they're still missing a few bodies that might be added in the next few weeks or at the beginning of the season. So just in general, this is going to be one of those teams where your badass side of the ball is the defense. That's interesting. I I actually think this team, I think in order to be successful, they're going to have to be a really tough and I, I like the word that, that Mike used, gritty team, because yeah. I think part of that goes to even on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to have to run the ball, and they're going to have mm-hmm. to run the ball efficiently. And that includes their quarterback running the ball when the opportunity presents yeah. itself. And I think if they play that style of football that is a mean, tough style of football, especially with them having the issues right now they're having with, with wide receiver, I think it will open up opportunities for them in the passing game. So they can utilize C.D. Lamb 
to his best potential uh, because they have so many other things that they do really well defensively, yeah. running the ball, all those kinds of things. All those things are going to have to open up yeah. the passing game it's for them. It's 2016 football. Yep. The physicality. Exactly right. And they had to try to protect Dak, but get Dak in, back in the flow of being a physical quarterback along with that. Yep. All right. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have more talk for you guys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave. I'm sorry, not Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, Brian Broaddus. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday. This has been DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!